Well, I, I like to do a bunch of things. Like I like to have variation. I, I don't mm -hmm. want to just be a cinema gaffer. The Tungsten Show. So, welcome uh, to the Tungsten welcome, Show, guys. guys. Um, today is our third episode, and it's a special one. It is a special one. It's our first one with a guest. Yes, and we have a very special guest tonight. Um, it's Nathan, Nathan Ford. Hello. Welcome. Here he is. Thank you so much the for legend. inviting me. Thank you. He's a um, young gaffer. Um, how long have you been working in the industry? Um, so I've been working in the uh, media industry okay. uh, for about two years now. Yeah. I started in stills photography, okay. uh, but only um, less than a year ago, started doing moving image. Mm -hmm. So here you go, two years in moving image and already gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> That's quick. That's yes. quick. Yes, yes. Yeah. very quick. I, I feel like I've, um, because I had a background in lighting with stills anyway, I got my yes. head around the sort of equipment and go. how to light things mainly like creativity rather than technology um and then in less than a year and like i've sort of just gone out there myself not even gone to school yet and um uh learned it myself on jobs or at home just researching and just being fascinated with it basically so what was your kind of your first steps was the first thing maybe your first job in lighting my first job in lighting was for a photographer called lottie davies um She's a very good photographer, and um, I was photo assisting her. Okay. Um, and I'd done it a few times before I started to look at other photographers and start working for them. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the agencies that I contacted was called Probation. And Probation was an agency that sort of managed a group of photographers, mainly music photographers. And um, I would, uh, you know, be on shoot with them, you know, uh, all the kit lists, um, music, music photographers. You mean like those who do photography for artists? Yes. For, for, okay. Would they exactly. go along to music videos and take the photos? Or uh, would it no, it's, no, it's more like controlled um, studio stuff. Mm -hmm. Apart from the music videos, so it'll be like, maybe like a cover, cover or artwork like for yeah, the, artwork. all their albums and stuff. Okay. Exactly. Even some gotcha. magazine stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you feel? Kind of got pulled, moved across there. What's what's what what was the bridge between lighting for photography and lighting for video? Um, lighting for photography, myself and my brother have always been fascinated with film. Like we're just obsessed with film. He's an actor and he goes to Lambda School. Okay. Um, and I mean, lighting. In, I, I still do photography, mm -hmm. but um, I felt like you know, just naturally, film is just sort of the step above that it's more challenging i feel like um than photography it's it's more um they spend more time on it you're around a bigger crew mem crew as well you're managing a lot more people um yeah i just feel like i needed more of a challenge so i sort of stepped up and, and did a bit of film yeah and um so what was your first film job then my first short film oh, i was terrible um it was I went to a thing called the NYFA, which was a um, organization that helped young people get into the film industry. Okay. And uh, I applied to it. It was a two week course, and um, I was put in a group of people, mm -hmm. uh, different departments, and we just got we got along really well. 
um but it was very stressful stuff like it was only two weeks to to write the thing to come from an idea mm-hmm. write it um prep for it and then shoot it within two weeks it was so stressful never never heard about that organization it, it's very um they're on their way up more like it was uh, the year before me there was only like half the people that were there when i was there so okay. they're getting more people involved and people interested as well and, and they're collaborating with a lot more like um production houses like procam um i think paramount as well maybe so would they have what sort of kind of kit would they be using then uh very minimal stuff you know like uh i think it's like a 5d uh mark three as, as a camera and then um because i worked in a studio uh we used my studio and my studio my studio's lights to uh film the whole uh sequence and yeah i guess i had an advantage in that because i had space to work in with my team rather than the other teams that were on the nyfa who had mm-hmm. sort of like just the park or yeah. um their dorms um and other equipment as well because it was in the studio mm-hmm. so in the end uh it turned out all right for what it was but the um the fact that we had more kit and more space made it seem a bit more like a professionally made. Yes, yeah, of course. So you were using constant lights for that then? Yeah, so yeah. With the, with the photography that you were doing, you must, you must have been using constant lighting for that as well. Um, so we, with photography, uh, there was one photographer that always uses um, continuous lights. Any other photographer that I work with dozen mm-hmm. um her name is um what's her name rebecca nine okay um so every shoot i'm on with her she's always using like continuous lighting i think it's a preference you know with me continuous lighting is um easier to work with because you whilst you're prepping uh and designing the light on set you can really um you can use your eye more and see what works and what doesn't work in the moment. If you flash it, you see the result rather than when you have flashlight, then you exactly. are kind of, yeah, working with your, uh, arranging, you, you flash it, you see the picture, okay, now I have to adjust it. Now you have to take another picture yeah. to see adjusted. I'd say s- I guess you, you can make smaller tweaks yeah. with constant lighting. Yeah, I guess quicker, yeah. It's quicker as yeah. well, and it's not like, there's no time to sort of, with, with flash photography, you, you need your, um, your light meter on both, but with photography, you need to set it to like flash mode and then have the radio remote in your, in your hand and you know but rather than just um, continuous lights you know you can, you, can, you can easily see the colors as well yes um and yeah it's just easy to work with i guess well the thing is nathan we i met you in vector went which is the interesting part because how how why 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 do you how do you get there why did you is it is it is it because of that company that helped you to get in film industry did they invite you to come and be part of you know back to speaker so yeah yeah i've i've been working with um a woman called paula for a while now um paula is an amazing person she is I believe a location manager um and you, you know when you get into, into film especially like the big the big stuff uh like feature films you never really just start like um as a sparky mm. so i'm at the stage now where i'm sort of doing more sparky work on like features but um i was doing a lot of uh location marshalling okay and um she knows a 
location uh, company house that that own that they don't own a certain area, but they um they they have deals with um, certain boroughs, and mm-hmm. it's called film fixes. Film fixes, yeah. Film fixes. You, you do, do you know them, guys? Yeah, it rings a bell. No, yeah, absolutely. So film fixes, they they um have deals with Camden and Islington. So when a production wants to shoot in Camden or Islington, they'll go to film fixes because they know the people that own the, that land or have some sort of ownership over that sort mm-hmm. of area. Um, and I was in film fixes, did a couple of features with them. Then um, because uh, Paula is a location manager, she. Uh, she she's she knows um sue russo who's also part of film fixes so i just got to know her really and um yeah i guess i'm part of that too now remember yeah you join you joined on that event when i met you right um i didn't join on that event i officially joined a bit to, later after it yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i i just sort of um like got to know what back is about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think back is so important it is, isn't it? It's it really is. important, and they really do like support people in the industry a lot. And um, I'm oh. actually getting my um, public liability insurance through them, mm-hmm. so they they support you in that kind of in that kind of way. That that that's the I think that's the yeah. best part of that to have the public liability insurance, yeah, which you need, which you literally need uh, for working as a freelancer. There's no other we'll way. Put, we'll put a link. We'll put a link in yeah. the description. Definitely. Um, so you said you. Normally, people don't start work as sparks on features. Yeah. So, would you recommend then for those people who want to become lighting technicians on the features? Yeah. Even even in a training level, would you recommend them trying to get on any other position before? Yeah, a hundred percent. There's there's a sort of hierarchy in the the film industry. It, it's really like um sort of out there, but um the bottom tier of people that are sort of newcomers that always have a location marshals or runners you really want to sort of get into that before you get into anything else because um being a location marshal you're dealing with all departments so you know what everyone does um and it just teaches you it, it, it gives you it allows you to appreciate the lower roles yeah, as well exactly appreciate people that are below you or um people who aren't as in the sort of the creative field but are still sort of busting their ass to sort of get the shoot um, up and going and then it also sort of um it it makes you humble yeah yeah most of all um but it's it's a good intro because you're not as you don't have responsibility exactly responsibility not not that much pressure so if you fuck up then doesn't matter sort of um that's fine yeah i I think we'll i think we'll say yes okay so if i mess up you know, as a location marshal, the whole shoot isn't ruined or no one really sort of cares too much. Um, but yeah, you want to start in that role kind of first and then sort of move on to doing the roles that you want to do. Um, it's not only really that as well, it's, it's that being a sparky on feature films, you need certain qualifications and certain things in place for you to be covered and for people to Trust be you. more employable. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how I describe it. Being yeah. more employable, it's about ticking the boxes. And, yeah, but I suppose you can't just tick the boxes and not have the experience. But in the same respect, if you take the boxes, it doesn't work both way around. You have to have the experience, and you need to tick the boxes. And it's about getting to that point. Exactly, and it takes a long time as well because um, you need certain uh, qualifications. I said before, 
takes up to like two years sometimes. Um, you need to spend money as well. So you've got to spend money on liability insurance. You've got to spend money on um, your IPATH course, your, uh, your 18th edition that costs money as well. Uh, B709, I think. I don't know much that. BS-099, yeah. BS-099. I think they're called now with NA-799. But I'm not sure Do why they? they... Yeah, they changed it because they updated it last year. Okay. Uh, and yeah, now they're calling it... It's constantly being updated, which It's I think like calls... a newer edition, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. ideally... One day you extra. Date, you keep up to date with it every And everybody, everybody needed to update. That's the thing. Everybody who had the old one had to update their old one to the new one with one extra day of training. Um yeah. I was lucky, lucky by me that I did when I did that. It was all just updated, so I have my updated one now. That's good. You know, which is cool. Yeah. So I did my three-day course and it's done. But I think I feel like that's not enough. Most of them just you need um, their 18 edition, right? That's the yeah. the big, the big th- level three. I think level, level three, three, yeah, level so two. Three. That's the one everybody's asking for. Yeah. At least level two. Uh, I know that in Scotland you can do get it for free if you're living in Scotland. Really? Yeah, Scotland. Scotland gives education. Education just in itself, Scotland is for free, and you can get this one for free also. I think I might have to move to Scotland. exactly. That's what I was thinking. And they're they're building studios there, so it's it wouldn't be a bad idea to move to Scotland, right? <laughs> yeah, they're doing more from up there, aren't they? Yeah. Sort of um, sort of moving out of London. I feel yeah. like it's going to yeah. Manchester. There's a lot of TV yeah. studios up in Manchester as well. Yeah, it's um, popping up in Leeds as well. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely spreading out. I feel like just got so condensed in london and now production companies are just taking that opportunity to kind of go where the the rent is cheaper is that why i think i mean it must be the rent is obviously cheaper that must be a huge that might be that is definitely a huge thing it's very london's very expensive all the banks are moving also outside of london moving to different countries just because it's too expensive in london now so yeah it's it is it is it is the thing yeah the industry is changing and it it's interesting for us now to see and and be within and live live in london work in london and see and see how it's going to change because it's, it's getting busier and busier right that's mm. that we all see that and um there are more opportunities what would be your suggestion for young people not maybe for young people for but for people not only for new entrants, also you, you kind of gave advice for new entrants already by just doing running jobs. Um, like me, who has been in industry for a while already mm-hmm. um, and has a bit of experience and has some of those boxes checked. Um, yeah, somebody who's really just... Maybe and doesn't, I don't, I don't, like, for example, I don't feel like I should go as a runner. I could do it, but like, at the same time, I could not do it. I could just be a spark, yeah, right? Yeah. But the problem for me is like, I don't know where to go and whom to speak and whom to ask for. Yeah, yeah. So that I feel is that, that, that point where you are, at the start, it's interesting to go and go running role, do any role you can, and it's, it's fun. It's, mm-hmm. You're learning a lot. But once you're not, once you are there, you've done that for three years already, you kind of want to move on, right? Yeah. I feel like in lighting, in lighting department particularly, that gap, to pass that gap, that bridge is, is a bit tricky. Yeah, 100%. Because there is no, like, 
definite way of yeah. how and to get a, in a there. A lot of people. A lot of people. As many people, as many, op, uh, you know. There's so um, many different ways to get in and there's so many different stories on that. <laughs> because what, what I, I asked, uh, asked uh, you know, back to about this, what well, well, how, how would they advise? Because they are gaffers and stuff, right? In, in uh, lighting branch. And what they said, go and work in kit rooms. And that's what I did. I worked in kids' room for four months. In the previous episode, we mentioned we mm. talked about kids' rooms, and they don't. They they tell you they're going to train you. Yeah. They even tell you in interview they they're going to train you. But I, once you start working there, you realize they don't. It's very much. I do feel like kit rooms. Kit rooms promise. I mean, have you worked in an equipment house before? Yeah, yeah. I, I work in two. Uh, I work in a warehouse. Um, recently, just started with PF events. Yeah, so they're one of the people that I um, I'm looking forward to working with. I feel like they 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 have said to me, uh, "We will get you as crew member." Um, okay. In the meantime, you're in the warehouse. Is PF events? Is that lighting equipment? So it's sound and lighting. Sound and lighting. Okay. Um, they do big uh, uh, music events and uh, not even just music events, just sort of events in general. They've done, mm-hmm. they've done Twitter, they've done Red Bull, they've done Reebok. Than Glastonbury, so they're sort of like they have their team of crew who are riggers um, and sparks, and they sort of go and out onto the location and okay. set up the whole thing basically. So that's lighting for events. That's interesting because that's I've never done lighting for events, okay. um, but I suppose that's that's still you know that's still lighting, isn't it? Um, have you done have you done much of that? I've done haven't done events I think at all. Yeah. So um, I mean that's but that's an interesting. But angle. I almost did. I almost did. I there was one company I can't remember now what was it, but a year ago, more than a year ago, I applied for where they also employ crew for building stages and stuff, and they also have mm-hmm. lighting people, they have sound people, and th- what they do, they do people. They send people to jobs to yeah. those events to build those stages. But that company was like so dodgy. I went to this interview and they explained me how they work and what basically they asked me. It was zero hour contract, which is okay, fine. And then they are like, but you have to be on phone and you have to be able to pick up our phone when we call you for a job and be ready to go on job at any point of time. We might give you one hour's notice, we might give you a day's notice. Uh, You have to be ready. I'm like, wait a minute, so I have to be on the phone all this time, so I'm working. But at the same time, not working, not getting paid. Yeah. And then when I when I get that job, and that job is maybe for three hours. Yeah. And I have to travel like, there, and they not even pay travel. And it's like it was so dodgy. Unreliable. I was like, I spent there about hour or two talking with them, and then I was like, okay, I'll think about. It. And I went home, and I just decided not that's it. not. And and he said, and he basically said, I need people who are willing to work hard, work a lot. And as the people we have working here, I was like, yeah, but what's the life then? If you're, all your life is just for work, you're saying, okay, you can be sitting at home watching TV and waiting for your job to come mm. up. But I'm not that type of person. It's I can't do anyway. that. I need guarantee. to plan my things. I need to, I want to go on holiday. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as I don't get a job, they can fire me at that point. You know, it's just so weird, bizarre. And that was my event. That, that's yeah, my yeah. event, I mean, that's, um, you know, experience. That's two, that's two yeah. angles on lighting yeah. events. So... Do you do you light events and also you do cinema lighting and do do you feel they kind of play into each other? Is that kind of how you balance being freelance? Um, so 
Well, I, I like to do a bunch of things. Like, I like to have variation. I, I don't want to just be a cinema gaffer okay. or a um, or a cinema spark. I want to sort of do the whole shebang. You know, just, to, just to have a flexibility in being able to cover yeah. yourself with more work. Yeah, like, I want to be a light, lighting director for events. I want to be a uh, gaffer for film. I want to be um, a gaffer for theatre. You know, okay. I, I'm, That's I'm, interesting. I'm like, so you're, you're really kind of... Going the whole gamut of yeah. lighting, but in many yeah. different industries. Mm. Like I hate being static. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I feel like me. I'm a very indecisive person in terms of when it comes to like career choice. So I spent many years sort of switching careers from boxer to uh, what was I wanted to be again? I wanted to be a free runner at one point. Uh, <laughs> don't ask about that. But um, yeah, like, I'm very indecisive on what I want to sort of do for the rest of my life mm-hmm. so i've sort of settled on um lighting because i find it fascinating and i find it there's a lot of money in there as well um and within that i have different avenues to go down yeah yes. I, I can i can go down events for a few months and then come back from that and then do a few bit of cinema you know enjoy that for like maybe a year working on a feature film come back from that you know do a bit more theater maybe if i wanted yeah. to try that like lighting is, is so like um it's, it's broad, like the, the amount of jobs you can get. You're basically a electrician. And being That's an electrician, it, yeah. you can do... You can do, you can, you're you like can go like, household. You're like an electrician, but like almost kind of with a creative spark. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's, that's what I... Yeah, but once you got your electrical done, then you can work as an electrician also. Yeah. Anywhere, literally, sure. yeah. Sure. yeah um, it's a very good thing to fall back on as well, yeah. having your qualification. It's quite a versatile... I, I I remember when I worked with Eddie Dom on 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 one of the one of the short films recently, he said that that lighting technicians in film industry used to be like a gods. It's because um, when you know you work in the film industry, you work as a camera technician. Mm-hmm. You learn how to do camera. Where else your skill is transferable? It's not yeah. really. You you can't just go out in different industry and and. Apply same skills you learned in cinema, you know, work with the film cameras. Yeah, yeah. It's a way different world. It's very specific and niche. Whether lighting technicians are also electricians, and ele- because they're electricians, they can jo- go and work on any job in any industry they want. So they used to have a lot more. They used to have weights. Exactly, they, they had a bit more power because yeah, because you know the film industry know that they have to respect them and treat them well. Otherwise, they're just not gonna be there yeah. you know they're just going to choose different in industry which pays better yeah. so that's why that's why they were always well paid but that was like that was like 40 years ago it, it okay. has changed I'm, I'm not talking about the, the start time when it was 40 years ago it's easier to get in it's easier to get in on the kind of the low budget stuff we can we can yeah. regard ourselves as gaffers so much quick more quickly than people have in the past true um but you didn't necessarily need to work as a gaffer to make a good living by that time. Where in nowadays it's a bit more harder in that sense. Um, what's, what's the last project you were on then? The last cinema project you were on? It's been a while because I'm prepping for this uh, six day shoot we have um, literally two days from now. Oh um, wow. I can't even remember what it was on last. It was probably a music video. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we shot it. Um, that's it. It was a music video. We shot at, at home. Okay. Um, and it was 
a downstairs bedroom scene we had. It was like uh, blue feel, feel like, and then um, green, cut like shooting through the window uh, and hitting the wall, creating like a sort of blind sort of effect on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So that was the last one I'm on, and that was that was pretty. It was pretty easy. Like I. Yeah, it was pretty easy. It wasn't like too hard of a day. It was just sort of one setup and then sort of moving lights around. Um, I don't like working with stands. That's one thing I'd say. Grip. Like, I hate working with stands. That's why in the film test. industry they have rigging yeah. crew mm. and lighting crew, where lighting crew takes the light, rigging crew puts the stand for the light. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> funny, but <laughs> that's the way the industry works as long as there is no there's lighting riggers, you know? Yeah. There's camera riggers and lighting riggers in different departments, which is a very niche thing. And it's not it's in like Europe grip, like that. Is grip is sort of like a combined uh, department for lighting and camera, right? Grip. I believe it's so, yeah, camera. but but by calling like key grip, key grip works. Key grip. key grip is the main guy of all the grip. Yeah. But I believe he's more down to camera roots rather than and then there are riggers for grip for lighting when which is you, completely different thing when you get to the the, the much larger sets yeah it's just it's, it's infinitely but big. but it's it's, so, in, it's so interesting it's rules. very british to have them separate whether in europe they don't do it well like i was on the chernobyl right in chernobyl all the electricians did all the rigging and that was fun to be honest because we we i like the rigging because mm. we rigged with scaffs, we rigged cars. Yeah. We rigged big trucks with scaffs and put sky panels hanging in front of those cars. It was fun to build them, you know. Um, but all the electricians did all the rigging work in the same. So there is no this separation. Whether in UK there is seems to be, you know. Um, that's interesting. It's interesting. It seems that Europe is saving money. <laughs> and the UK is being lazy. <laughs> no, I, do, I do enjoy a bit of rigging as well from time to time. I, yeah. I like sort of using my brain and my initiative to, to figure, out, figure out, right? Like, yeah, how to like put that light it's, there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun part of it. I like um, I like rigging when you've got to you've got you know you've got to get a light somewhere that you, to start with. You go, we need it there, but we can't put it there. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, how are we can exactly, it there? yeah, we need it there, and that's what's going to look best. It's the, the creative part. It is. Yeah, technical really but is. very creative at the same time. Uh, so, did you do many music videos then, or is kind of? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did a few uh, music videos. Um, uh, there, there was last one was the um, one I did a few like a, a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, before that, there was probably six more. The most memorable ones were the ones. Yeah, go on. Tell, tell us about your the I, best. I can um, reveal the uh, artist because it's, uh, it's not I mean, even out yet. It was shot last year, like October, but um, it's, it's, it hasn't been for out yet. It was like the grading, the grading was supposed to be done beginning of this year, but I haven't heard anything from it. Um, but that was a good one. We shot in a house, a whole house, up to ourselves, um, and we had a few big bits of um, lighting. So what sort of what sort of lights were you using on that then? I think it was either an M eighteen or a D twenty five, or um, to shoot light through the windows, mm -hmm. um, and then we had a couple of light mats. Um, what else was there? There's a lot of grip stuff as well. We we I rigged a lot of um, T boned uh, black drips. Okay. Um, just to sort of black out corridors yeah. and black out windows and control the spill and that. Um, that was a really good one with a few 650 juniors as well. 
um it, it was it was that's one of the ones i found very fun to sort of uh rig because there was like a loft area where you had to sort of boom a uh a light mat over and you know drape it and uh Skirt uh, it around yeah. and control the light spilling um and a lot of color colors were used as well so there's one whole scene with like a whole rack of reds uh like the whole room was just red basically sounds like music videos yeah, yeah. <laughs> colors red, music yeah. videos they're colors greens all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. um but that's the most memorable one yeah and and what would be your normal line of work like what would be your most jobs you do what, most jobs yeah so what type of stuff in regarding film i wouldn't maybe touch much of of um events or that stuff but like regarding film industry mostly short films mostly short films definitely mostly short films mm-hmm. i'll get a lot of requests of, of that um and how do you get them how do i get them yeah so i have a few connections with um production companies and people uh you feel you get most through Pete, like kind of just word of mouth. I know the best ones are the production companies that I sort of I gather for a nice spot for most of the time. So there's uh there's two what there's two production companies that that sort of always um call on me. Uh, one of them is fully focused. Okay. Uh, the other one is called Windows Zebra. Um, and there's a few people in that. Are you talking in terms of gathering or on and sparking? Well, yeah, or just, just sort of like a, com- a combination. Combination, of, yeah. yeah. And I have a few DOPs as well that um, call me on when they need to have a shoot. Yeah, you know, nice. it's, it's not. I'm not all. I'm not that like their personal gaffer, but um, they like, know you're reliable. They know I'm reliable, and they know I'm there, and I'm sort of free when I am free. And where do you meet DOPs? Where do I meet DOPs? Um, on jobs. Okay. I mean, like it's it's either so. There's one DOP called uh, Daniel. I met him on a job that I sparked on. Um, it was a music video. So I've done a, a couple of music videos with him as well um, in the past. Uh, one of them was the one that I said that was memorable. Um, met him. Then I work with this other DOP called Tommy. Um, very good person, very good friend. Um, and she, she gets jobs sometimes, so she calls me on. Um, but most of all, my jobs, I earn money through uh photo st- photography still okay you know a lot of photographers i have uh, probably about six or five photographers that always have work and are always um saying are you free for this day are you free for that day um one of them is i'm shooting with him on the fifth and sixth um and that is like so i've got like a six day shoot from the 28th to the fourth and then i have the fifth and sixth with this photographer then the seventh and eighth is another short film. So it just lines up perfectly. Yeah, it's I'm gonna have no it's break so, at all. It's so great though. when <laughs> when you can get when you can get work to line up. The best things if you can get, you know, maybe five days and then you can line up a weekend off and yeah. then be straight back on it. Um, but I I I don't know I don't know about you guys, but I quite like to just have a big stint and just work loads and then just get get a big big, big holiday time. Or, yeah. yeah, big holiday. Should do, we? Do you take time off? I do. Yes. Do, do, oh, do you yeah. actually like say to yourself, "I'm going to take this time off and not yeah. going to answer the phone anymore"? I, w- I wouldn't. Mm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't not answer the phone. I feel okay, okay. <laughs> I. Uh, I'd still answer the phone, but I go um, when I take time off. 
you know, I'll book a holiday and then, you know, I'll just get cover. I'll yeah. just send a message around saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not working from this date to this date, okay. um, but, you know, Edsus will cover me and I'll cover Edsus. I so, saw he was with, um, I forget his name every single time, but he was with uh, Reflectric. Uh, what's his name? Is that, is a, Ian. Is this, yeah, Ian. I think, Ian, so. yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, you saw me where? I saw a picture of that you was at Holman Studios shooting. Yes. With uh, this gaffer. I forgot his name. Josh. Josh, that's it. You Josh. know Josh? I know Josh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Have you worked with him before? Yeah? No, I haven't. Oh, I've okay. seen him multiple times at the BSC, at seminars. I know. see. But, um... Yeah, I want to work with him, you know? Yeah, I, I did one job with him. I met him, I, I literally met, I saw Ian for the first time on BSC. Mm -hmm. To be honest, BSC is another topic we have to talk about. Yes. Um, um, and he, I, I, met, I saw him there speaking. Mm -hmm. Then I met a friend of mine, Marina. Uh, who introduced me to him because she knew him before and I was like, you, you really know him? Like, he's big guy, you know, he's big cinematographer talking yeah. on the stage, you know, do you really know? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's just go <laughs> say hi. I was like, okay, let's go say hi. Um, and then I said that, you know, he's really nice. He's a really nice guy. So I said, I do lighting and stuff. He's like, oh, do you want to work with us? And then he introduced me to Josh and literally two weeks later, Josh got me on this job. That's how it goes though, isn't it? That's how it, yeah, goes. That's how it goes. To be honest, that's how it goes. But feels like it's not enough you know it's yeah, not yeah. enough i do wonder whether or not there's a level of like you're like as a dop if you've got your own kit you're restricting yourself like you think so i don't know i feel if you have a certain amount of equipment are you going to choose to not use that equipment you're probably not you're probably going to mm. try and you know if, if you've got a set of lenses for example why would you go like rent out some other lenses when you could rent them out exactly that's the harder part like yeah you're owning perhaps would i suppose it's the question of are you going to choose to use other lights to yeah. own some lights you're well, probably going to want you're to probably going to choose to get some other lights it's just you're not going to ever be able to own 19 case and store them in your garden yeah you know that's that's unreasonable. Mm -hmm. If you own eighteen Ks, you have proper kit room, proper place to store them, and proper place. You know, you rent them out. Otherwise, it's not feasible. You have to yeah. also maintain them. All the so the big stuff you would definitely rent. What you could own from lighting kit is the small stuff that yeah, which kind of goes on every why, job. That's why the stuff that Ian and Reflectric use the reflective lighting. If you use the reflect like uh, CRLS. Lighting um, system I've before. used a few of those um, light stream mirrors before, yes. but um, I haven't used that the the PB yeah, 70, 70, yeah. 70. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy shit, man. I, I want to start using that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really cool, man. No, it is. It's brilliant. It's brilliant fun. So, what did you think of when you're using the light stream system? What was your? Um, it it was good. I mean, the one thing we you have to make sure is that so the the mirror set the mirror kit. It doesn't work as efficiently as you think it would. I agree. Because yeah, yeah. you need um, parallel beam lights. Um, at least, at least to get the most output out yeah, of it. Exactly. So if you're using like, um, like when I was sent, I sent that uh, plan on Instagram. Yeah. And you see, told me about like, yeah, you, you play the Joker with a uh, source four lens might work. Yeah, it really right makes a difference because you need like to, to get the most out of those kind of mirrors. You need um, Kind of much spill and, and 
you, you lose a lot of um, intensity and light. Need sort of like parallel uh, beams. You you could still use any source. It's just the thing with when you are using not parallel beamed source, it's more spread. Yeah. And if the light is more spread, the further you go away from the light source, the less you capture. The the the, the larger the area is, yeah. it's lighting it, and the larger mirror you need. So mm. if your mirror is not in a full size, you know, it's not I don't know eight by four big mirror. Yeah. Then you're not going to have the full potential of that. F standard fresnel light yeah whether if it's focused beam then of course you'll have the whole thing you'll be able to capture in a small but i think mirror i think there's there's two ways to use the reflective lighting system is one is just having a lovely fill um yeah you know doing what you do with a poly but being able to have more control levels um that's the fun part i guess that's that's, yeah. that's the fun part but when you're going to kind of control where you want the light to go then you need to be using parallel beams yeah or like yeah. you said it's just like you're spilling and then the amount of light you're actually reflecting there's just so little of it yes yeah, it's, um, it's, it's precision it's precision lighting it's it's making sure that you know at all times you're controlling where um beams or um sources of light are sort of hitting surfaces and coming off surfaces maybe and not too much yeah it's it's it's, a, it's more controllable than those controllable, reflective yeah. reflective yeah. stuff that's good yeah so i, I like to sort of use it, it depends what job i'm doing either whether i'm doing more precision lighting or more sort of broad strokes yeah um, just I'm, to feel out of that yeah, so, yeah yeah and most of the time i judge on the production so um i've got a production coming up now uh on the on the seventh, and uh, we're we're a good crew, we're a good crew, but we haven't quite the way the shot lists and everything are planned out. It's not quite controlled, so I don't want to sort of go into this um, on set and use precision lighting, not knowing exactly where the action's going to be and where everything's going to be. I rather much just sort of save time yeah. and energy and sort of do broad strokes so that whatever the action ends up being. They're still being lit by that source. I, I believe you need a bit of both to be yes. able to be creative, right? So yeah. you need that ambient thing with the standard lighting uh, setups you we are used to use. Yeah, and then you can just have that extra. Uh, that's how I see the the benefit of having that extra of those reflectors. You can just then mm. have yep. a little, you know, creative stuff and yeah. you start it, painting it, and the that's lights, the, right? The, that's what Ian the, says. <laughs> with the with the PB70s, you that allows you to do those broad strokes. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a PB70 and you don't have the larger reflectors, then the kind of the smaller kits do just allow you to paint with light. Yeah. Really. They allow you to go, well you know what, I let want a little bit of something on that. Exactly, wall. just a something, um, yeah. Like a dado light, they do the yeah. same thing kind of, right? Exactly. Yeah. But you know, if, if everything's soft light, if you just have one massive soft light to bring in those reflectors, you're really not gonna be able to be flexible. Yeah. Whereas if your main source of light, if you you know, you've got a if you've got a hard light coming through the window, then you kind of you've got quite a lot you can do with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you've got a keynote it's not going to have the same effect, really. Because you just, the light just dissipates so much quicker. Yeah, definitely. It's, see, there's a thing that I, I find working with precision lighting compared to like broad strokes. Um, with precision lighting, I find myself using more kit, you know, more equipment um, rather than broad strokes because it's so broad. You want to sort of 
you want like, one source or one or two sources mainly mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is sort of controlling um either bounce by blacking out um yeah it, it kind of depends what um job i'm doing really but um i think nowadays i'm, I'm more attuned to working with broader strokes and sort of so so what's your favorite lights to work with you know with with a tungsten show okay it's, it's you know it's the question it's not it's not pressure we're not yeah. like we're not just saying there's only one decision um but you know if you're if you're on set what's most enjoyable for you kind of what do you appreciate the most what's most enjoyable it's a hard one um i love keynotes like keynotes for me it's it's they're really good on skin mm-hmm. every time um and keynotes sorry keynotes leds or original keynotes uh, original because you can get both daylight and tungsten tubes so you have sort of two in one kind of thing or three three in one because it's, it's fluorescent as well so it, it um illuminates a lot sort of um, softer on the skin so i think for me keynotes are a good shout they're also they're becoming more cost effective as well yeah. for the kind of the low budget being able to acquire a classic kino mm-hmm. um it's just it's just cheaper it's cheaper they and, used to be really disliked really? they just got yeah yeah the first the first time they came up in industry was 70s 80s mm-hmm. and they came in for, through photography because that was soft light you know the soft light thing was more for photographers rather yeah, yeah. than for film they like the hard light sources and they didn't the film didn't like those 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 the uh, fluorescent lights because um that was well well before kino that was before yeah. kino right okay. before kino kino as a company was made as fluorescent lights yeah. itself right nobody liked them because they had they've got um, some stigma behind them really the, the, the quality of light was bad it was originally. it was really bad it was flickering for for, it wasn't yeah. flickering for photography because you take a still photo yeah, still, but, but for film it was flickering you had a lot of issues well. with, with with color yeah, didn't look good yeah, and yeah, it yeah. it faded away you know the, it wasn't controllable as maybe other sources were so mm-hmm. it wasn't nice it was it was it was hard pain and ass to basically work with them yeah. and then kino came in where two gaffers backfer and his best boy designed kino mm-hmm taking this system, this technology, and build the Kino lights, which over time, they, they what they did, they basically created the dimmer, the ballast, the ballast yeah. which the basically, ballast a huge difference, which yeah. basically yeah. changed the way how these lights are used yeah. and yeah. changed the way how they work and what's the light they produce. Plus, they changed the chemicals in lights a bit. They, they play around these things and they made them finally good for film without any losing any flickering. And that's yeah. why everybody loves them now. And they are really good with the with the skin tones. I, I also think the same thing. Also, but but they they have built an LED now. Yeah. All the new stuff is LED. But to yeah. be honest. I looked at this year BSC where they they showed on on the screen comparison of of LED lights of from Ari from Kino from what else there you know all of all of the main big brands yeah and to be honest I prefer the Kino yeah, on the skins I, mean, I prefer the Kino they have really some good stuff. Well, you probably you could now dial you, in the yeah you, you could yeah, probably yeah, adjust you could probably adjust sky panel you could adjust any of those lights to to make them also look good keto seems to be like you turn it on and it just works Boom. Yeah, Boom. yeah and they i think they have they've done a really good job of um like 
just working the color science in them to really yeah i heard about that as well that's that's the thing yeah they um they've done certain settings for certain cameras Mm -hmm. i i told you to bring us your favorite tool uh yeah did you bring yours i did bring it would you like show us to us? I can show it to you. Don't fuck it right now. This is our thing with our guests that we are <laughs> we are trying to ask them to bring their favorite tool, show it to us, and basically all of those who are listening now also an audio version they can go on our YouTube channel and check us out there um, on the Tungsten Show. Basically, you search Tungsten Show on YouTube, you'll find visual of this so you can see nathan himself how he looks like um, <laughs> and <laughs> what type of person so is he is. so um, this is yeah. so you probably guessed it it's yeah. light meter light meter uh sequenic. um i think this is very um it's an essential piece of kit man you need it you always need a light light meter um this one isn't um as uh advanced advanced as the yeah. other ones out there the other ones can sort of um, measure color and that. This one is just sort of for ratio. Just exposure, basically. It's exposure, yeah. yeah, yeah. So mostly what I do with this is um, is design the ratio, the contrast ratio, and uh, check the the intensity of lights, you know, compared to camera. And that's what I like me is for, you know. You, you sort of dial in, uh, I don't know if you see in the camera, but... You'll, you'll see, yeah. You sort of dial in the uh, the settings, you know, ISO. Um, shutter angle. Um, yeah. So, so have you, uh, presumably you've used one ones which aren't touch screen. Do you, do you prefer that? Do you think it's is it a fad? Is it the one? The know, is that, it worth? Is it worth the extra money? The ones that aren't touch screen hasn't haven't got enough um, as much um, settings. So with this one, it's got cine mode, but it's also got photography, flash, continuous. Um, you've got lux as well. Got so many options on there, and um, plus that as well, you, you've got. Um, there's some like ND as well, like filter compensation. So if mm-hmm. you if you're using like any NDs on, oh on brilliant, the so you the camera. Can, you can put ND that the camera uh, ND that the camera would have. Yeah, and exactly. I'll tell you, yeah. If like a light has an ND six um, gel on it, you can dial that in on here, and then oh, you can you can you can, you can put dial in the specific source of light you have on yeah, set, exactly, and, and then basically read them capture. It's going to save in your memory. Mm-hmm. And then later you'll be able to see what was it, exactly. and then you change your NDs. You'll be able, okay, with that ND, it gave me that much, and then you switch the NDs, and you know yes, how much it gives you. It's That's exactly a cool, right. cool tool. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't personally have an light meter, and uh, we were, I think, we were thinking about getting one yeah, at some point. Definitely. But then there is also this, this, this. Uh, for I've listened to a couple of podcasts where photographers talk about light meters, and they say that. It it's it's the one that's uh, that you told me to to listen to. Oh, uh, tail slate. Tail slate. Yeah, yeah, these guys told that they they used to use a um, light meter a lot, but nowadays as as things are really busier and you're getting bigger jobs, you normally in film you don't and scripted film especially you don't you don't have, have time, time. Yeah, to yeah. go and check every single light individually with the light meter. Whether they like to work with digital cameras now. Digital cameras you can literally see and the monitor yeah. is everything. You know, they got the exposure mode that you can histograms, everything. Histograms and the, the exposure mode, you can see everything there. So yeah. it's but not suppose, necessary. I as suppose much. as a lighting technician, if you can you just assure to have it. your DOP that you're gonna have a certain exposure, yeah. then it's a it's an extra it's an extra tool. It yeah. is extra tool, yeah. And I believe and it's a small tool, it's not a it's nothing nothing, nothing too crazy. hard, yeah, nothing too crazy to carry um, on. 
yeah, I think we should probably should we wrap, start to wrap, wrap about wrap wrap on this note. Um, thank you for coming, Nathan. Yeah, thank you. Thank, you, so thank you for showing your tool. Um, I think it was great talk, it and was. we had and we we definitely had some um, advices for people. You know, we we got out a bit of some ideas and information. Yeah, and I think just um, opening up that thought of maybe maybe it's not just cinema lighting you know if you're trying to expand yeah. where you're working be open yeah be, be open to be work open in any to... any any part of this especially when you're trying to get trends. in like you could obviously work in camera and lighting to balance it out and mm -hmm. get enough jobs to be able to pay the bills you could also work in lighting in events mm -hmm. and cinema lighting Theater and then as well. keep focusing on on kind of your passion yeah definitely definitely there's so many agencies out there that aren't just doing film doing events doing theater all that kind of stuff so we're getting with them as well shl and gls yeah, that's it so shl is one of them gls is another one yeah another one is called folex p-h-l-o-x so yeah folex. we'll stick it in the description brain is fried from today that's fine uh, <laughs> but yeah um that one is really good as well there's so many out there even pf events was another one that did that do um live events and it always got work, man. Always needing people on crew. So. There you go. Good so stuff. if you're a lying technician and you want some work, you know where to go. <laughs> Ask Nathan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that so note, that, thank that you very us. much. That's thank the Thompson you. Show. Yeah. Um, and see us. you on the next one, right? Yeah. See you on the next one. Follow us on. Uh, follow us on Spotify. We, Spotify. Um, we are subscribe on yeah, YouTube. YouTube. Anchor, that's our main place we are distributing our podcast. Um, hopefully soon we'll be able to listen also on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts is a bit trickier one, but hopefully they will also be there. So yeah, just yeah. Google us. You'll probably find us yeah. somewhere. The Tungsten Show. The Tungsten Show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. The Tungsten Show.